What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. The Biden administration is moving to obliterate an Apache sacred site known as Oak Flat in Arizona, but the people are fighting back. Here to discuss is Dr. Winslow Noisy Sr., the former uh, Apache tribal chairman and founder of the activist organization Apache Stronghold in Arizona. Apache Stronghold is an organization dedicated to battling continued colonization to defend holy sites and indigenous freedom of religion and dedicated to building a better community through neighborhood programs and civic engagement. Good morning, Dr. Dr. Winslow, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's good to be with you. Um, I, I would like to start with the history of Oak Flat. What is the San Carlos Apaches people relationship to this land? Well, uh, one of the important things that we need to remember that we were also displaced to where uh, we were put on reservations, which was prior uh, known as the concentration camps. And so in this place, Oak Flat, you know, it was surrounded by so many different tribes. And the last remaining tribe that was there was the Apaches. And when the pioneers and so forth came through and the military is what, you know, uh, relocated us to what is now San Carlos Apache. And so Old Flats is the centerpiece of who we are, meaning that our language, our identity, um, the ceremony of how the world became what it is uh, for the people. And so it's the direct contact to who we are. And this is the place that they're going to destroy it. And also the, the fact that this place holds deities, I guess, in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, the angels, you know, since, here, since it's been there since time immemorial. And you can go as far as back to the Hohokam and all the people prior. So this is what's going to be uh, destroyed by the United States. I'm going to stay uh, in the historical space for just a little bit longer, and then we'll get into the the present crisis. The Apaches were removed from Oak Flat by the United States military in the 1870s, but can you talk about the 1852 Treaty of Santa Fe that had granted Apaches a parcel of land, including Oak Flat? Um, in 2021, you all filed a historic lien on the land per that treaty. Yes. And, and that refers back to when, you know, again, when, when Mexico and the United States were making that, that deal. And so when the United States made that uh, agreement and signed it, you know, it, it gave us that independence that we had already with Mexico. And from the, under, the understanding of the records, you know, knowing the United States, knowing that they have full ownership now, uh, did in some areas uh, mitigate, I guess, at that time. But then they eventually stopped and just began to take over the whole land without, you know, uh, uh, I guess you would say paying for it or providing anything. And they just took their dominant attitude and, and took over. And so Oak Flat and some of the areas still remain in that unsolved issue. And, uh, and, and in those days, you know, we didn't have uh, forms of government. You know, we had leaderships from each uh, uh, clan uh, membership that, you know, represented the, the, the people there at Santa Fe. And so, again, here the United States is trying to, again, bypass uh, the treaty obligations that they had signed in 1852. There's a video on the Apache Stronghold website where you beautifully describe the Oak Flat area and its gifts. And I'm wondering if you can just paint a picture for my listeners uh, uh, of, of Oak Flat and what we are at risk of losing. Well, what, what, what's it Oak Flat, Flat first, I must say, you know, we, we call it Chichibagoste, uh, meaning it's, you know, the sacred also oak trees. 
and uh, and also an Apache known as Gon Big which means you know the angels, the, the angels that reside there. And so here in Oak Flats, you know, you you can actually be born there and die of old age because it has everything there that, that provides for you. And in this particular place has the beginning of our female and how um, we were once underneath the earth when, when, when the floods came and when uh, the angels came down and the people um, picked a young lady uh, to go journey to the surface. And she made her way through the corridors with ashes following the angels and it brought her to the very top. And that's when she's seen that everything, you know, settled. And that's when she went back down to bring us out of those corridors to once again come back to the surface of the earth. And so this place, Oak Flat, has that continuing uh, ceremonial religious part of who we are for the females. So every child that's born that's a girl, the, the parents began to prepare her for that journey that she'll make when she gets when she hits her menstrual and from there, she becomes a woman. But it, it reminds us uh, to care for the earth. It reminds us who Mother Earth is. It reminds us our purpose. It has every part of the, the to keeping us um, uh, grounded and, and, and intertwined, intertwined with everything that God created. And it comes from our mother. And then for the men, we, we continue to have our sweats where they, too, go through a ceremony and, and, and learn their, their purpose and their reason. And uh, for being a man and, and, and tying themselves to the mother, the earth, to, to understand what it gives us. And then when they go out and have families, they understand the female. They understand their purpose. So Oak Flats is, is really a unique place, uh, a really special place like other places in the area that is holy and sacred. And for us, this is what it holds. And, uh, and, and even prior to that, prior to the, to the non-Indians coming here, uh, the other tribes had that same similar tie, and they, they would do their own ceremonies as well, but it was all um, identified the same. But it was just, again, the way Arizona changed, the way everybody came in, and everybody segregated everybody. You know, it, it destroyed that. But for us Apaches, we, we continue to hide and go back there. So in the American military records, it showed that when people went back for their ceremony, uh, they either got killed or they got incarcerated or they were or they were again misplaced and sent somewhere else. And so these were the tragic things that our people went through. So in the nineteen fifties and sixties, you know, they were still stopping and and praying and doing the quick ceremonies, you know, because we were still under the federal government. So I don't know about other tribes, but here in San Carlos, all the way up to nineteen seventy four, we would have to inform um a lady, uh, anyway, for my for my family, my mother had to talk to this lady named Miss Digney and inform her, you know, how long we're going to be off the reservation and where we're coming back. So the the social illness that they created from from take, the takeover still was living, still lived in us, and even even at that time with my mother. So until I just walked off the reservation and I said, no, I'm, you know, this is wrong. I'm, I'm not going to deal with this anymore because it's now, now that they're going to do this mining, it's going to really destroy the future of our children and the identity of our children and misplace them into something that is really not where God touched the world. And so that's how this place is really, really the central part of, of, of that important way of connecting to our mother and connecting to the creator. 
President Eisenhower had protected the, the lands from mining, but tell my listeners about the Southeast Arizona Land Exchange and Conservation Act and what then-Senator John McCain did in 2014 with the land swap bill that gets us to where we are today and uh, the lawsuit that you all are currently fighting, which we'll go into detail about in just a moment. Okay, before I refer to that, uh, the issue is that in 2002, when we got word, then the process started. Resolution Copper, Rio Tinto, day one, wanted to get exemptions from all federal laws. And so that was their, 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 their only and initial approach of taking the land. And so what happened was that from 2002, we began to journey on this fight. And we had to educate Congress. We had to go door to door. We had to speak to the chief of staff before we even got to them. And it was a difficult thing. But what really helped us was that Resolution Copper was not exempt from all federal laws yet. So the Tonto National Forest, matter of fact, was with us and talking to Congress uh, about the history of Oak Flats and also um, that, they're, that they, they needed to be in compliance with the environmental impact studies. And so we kind of walked that road together and educating Congress as we went forward. Prior, the year prior to John McCain putting it on the floor, we had Representative Paul Gosar put it on the floor. And so as a chairman at that time, when they contacted me, I left to D.C. and we we, uh, began to, again, lobby to kill that movement. And sure enough, we did get three Republicans to join. And so Paul Gosar pulled the bill because he lost the support. So they're still going after exemption. We still had Congress listening and we still had the Forest Service. But when John McCain did what he did in a late-night rider with the National Defense Bill, attaching it to it an hour before, and it passed, then it gave them all the exemptions. And then what happened was we lost the Tonto National Forest supporting us because when John McCain made that move, it vacated everything, you know, our, our religion, our culture, you know, the historical part, you know, the, the, all the environmental studies, everything was exempt. And so that's what brings us to today. So but from that point to today, today, what I've been fighting has been taking it to the public, taking it to the churches, taking it out there and filing my own lawsuit uh, before, before, it was like three days before the Tonto National Forest uh, actually signed the land exchange. So we were able to file those uh uh, file a, a, a file in the federal court that stopped their movement, but that's that's where it was at. And what is happening right now? Y'all were in in, in, in court last week, uh, and how close is the Biden administration to uh, approve moving forward with the environmental impact report? Yeah, you know, and and that's really disappointing because. With, with Biden, uh, we also attended the Poor People's Campaign where we had an opportunity to speak to all, at that time, those candidates running for president. So President Biden, I mean, yeah, well, at that time, candidate Biden was there. And uh, he heard the position that we were in and the Poor People's Campaign supporting, you know, this issue as questions were being asked to the candidates. So when we got in, when he got in, as like I said, I mean, when he got in, Donald Trump, President Trump, before he left, initiated the movement. But then that's when we found the um, uh, we found in the federal court 
to stop the process. And then, so when Biden got in, we were excited because of the things that he said uh, during his campaign and even here in Arizona. And so what happened was then we began to question the Tampa National Forest. We began to question the attorney general. And what they were telling us, they haven't got any word from uh, Biden. Biden has not stopped us. So they have to move with that process with what Donald Trump did. So then when he started to ex- exploit that he was with this new green deal and about lithium, then it, then we caught, oh, shoot, wait a minute. He's not going to support this because if he goes after lithium, and they, they're going to need the copper. And so then from that point, we understood well, we understood that we may not get any help from, from the Biden administration. So we... We, we stayed with our court issue, with our court case and that our court case is, is, you know, filing that injunction to stop the process, but it's under the uh, religion and it's under the 1852 treaty. So we did go to the district court here in Arizona and uh, that's where the federal judge, you know, uh, did, he ruled uh, that it was no immediate harm. So uh, we, we went to the Ninth Circuit Court. And we did get, you know, one really good rebuttal from one of the judges about disagreeing, you know, uh, with the with the other person who supported the position of the United States and Resolution Copper. And then the middle one just said, well, I, I don't see any harm at this point. But he went 2-1. And so in talking to my attorneys, we were on our way to the Supreme Court. But it's the federal, uh, the Ninth Circuit Court is the one that called us back. And so they had their low gathering of, of uh uh, judges and they 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 decided to bring it back and have uh, have it reheard, and so that's the court case that I just came back from uh, in in Los Angeles, uh, the second time being at the Ninth Circuit Court, where they had eleven judges hearing hearing the the argument. And what comes next, and how can the public support you? We've got about two minutes to walk us through that. Uh, well, what comes next is that we're, you know, of course, we're waiting for the outcome of that, but we're 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 not sitting here idle. We're getting ready for the Supreme Court. Uh, I am moving across the country, speaking to many different uh, religious groups and organizations, and um, we're all doing our best to 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 get the support of Congress. There is a bill that uh, um, Gohaba of Arizona uh, is to save old fat bill is it's it's making its rounds. It needs to support. Because this can end easily with, you know, the House and, co- and the Senate uh, stopping it. And even, even, the Bi- even the Biden administration coming out publicly to say, well, wait a minute, you know, they're exempt from all environmental uh, laws and that we don't know the effects that not only it's going to happen to the Apache people, but Arizona itself, you know, with, with the hurting of the water. So that, uh, uh, that can be helpful. Uh, again, it's just, uh, uh, you know, connecting with our website. Because uh, we're posting things as we go and what we're doing, and the big thing I tell everybody is prayer, because I know we're fighting something evil. You know, we're talking about corporations and colonization, but what really sits behind there is just being evil about it, uh, because of the money and greed and power that's involved. So we know we're up against something that's really, really evil. And talking to many uh, uh, religious uh, preachers, uh, rev, uh, you know, they're the ones coming out telling me that I'm fighting evil, and it's what they call Satan in the book. So I feel like in America, everybody's ready to heal, but we just need the right leaders in place. Yeah, I really appreciated. Um, sorry, I really appreciated on your website the um, 
the in the call to action and prayer where you talked about Christian nationalism and the way it intersects with capitalism to harm uh, the most vulnerable people. And sh- just shout out your website one time where folks can go to read that statement as well as engage in supporting y'all. Yeah, it's Apache Dash Stronghold. Uh, that, that's where you will find us. Okay. All right, Dr. Wenzler, we will continue to follow this issue and hopefully have you back soon. Thank you so much for joining this morning. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody. Thank you. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.